0: what is up everybody <laughs> tuesday september 26th 6 p.m on the dot not a minute late and we are joined here the sons of saturday and the loyal sons are going to preview the pod the preview the game between pittsburgh and virginia tech it is uh, two one and three football teams uh it is on national television it is on at night ACC Network is in town for it. Virginia Tech is doing a whiteout for the game. So if you are a Virginia Tech fan, please show up and wear white. Um, Because there's no point of doing a white effect if we have half participation. So without further ado, I am Billy Ray Mitchell. I am joined with Pat Finn from Sons of Saturday. And we're going to pass it over to the Loyal Sons for some introductions. So have at it, fellas.
1: Well uh, I, I guess I'll go first because I'm the only one that's uh not muted right now. Hi, I'm I'm David from the Loyal Sun show. That's at Loyal Sons on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, wherever you do social media or get podcasts. Should I just give our full intro as if like, should we just take turns basically doing um the various introductions and segments of our show since we're both gonna post this under our own umbrellas? Sure. Thing. Brought to you by section five.
0: <laughs> um yeah just give us a little background your affiliation with Pittsburgh and um and uh yeah that'd be great.
1: I'm going to kick it over to Dylan cuz Dylan is really the uh the father of this whole thing.
2: Yeah, what's up guys? Thanks for having us. Uh for the Virginia Tech fans, basically uh this was a burner account, a burner Twitter account that I made back in like 2019. I just wanted to tw- tweet about how upset I was about the pit basketball program at the time. Um Was starting to come around to it. Thus, the original handle name of Cable Faithful. Uh We eventually transitioned to the loyal sons because the Cable Faithful tag wasn't wasn't doing so well for a couple years when uh, Jeff Capel was winning about 10 games a season. So uh, we transitioned to that. You got a decent following on Twitter and then me, Squid and David. Basically, all we ever did when we were together was talk about pit football pit hoops and we said let's uh let's just start recording and see if anyone will listen we're hoping maybe our 20 buddies we're in a gm with would listen to it and uh we've actually done decently well for ourselves for three asshole buddies with a pocket can we swear on this you can you okay can three, fly. three asshole
3: buddies with a with a twitter and a podcast unfortunately it's looking like we might have to go back to Cable faithful the script has flipped football team one in three basketball team looking good so might come full circle I'm squid by the way the third loyal son
0: and that actually leads perfectly into uh into one of our haikus Patrick so why don't you uh for you Pittsburgh listeners hokey haiku it does rhyme you could do Pittsburgh poetry as well um, you don't have to hold yourself accountable to the syllables might be a little bit easier um, but we'll uh, we'll kick it off with some haikus here
4: that was fantastic Pittsburgh poetry. We nice love alliteration,
0: yeah. Well, Bill, since this is going on the Loyal Suns feed, too, we should do a quick intro. Yeah, no, Billy Ray Mitchell um, played football at Virginia Tech from 2014 to 2018. Um, season ticket holder, love Virginia Tech, football, basketball, baseball, all sports, and uh, we do a podcast called Sons of Saturday. Check us out at sonsofsaturday.com. Check us out on Twitter. Check us out on Instagram. Can't imagine many Pittsburgh people will be adopting it. But if you want to, you're more than will, you're more than willing to. And for you Pittsburgh listeners, Salim Brightwell, who joined the show uh, a couple weeks ago, we were teammates in high school, two-time state champions in the state of New Jersey. I'm not sure if Salim won three, um, but, uh, yeah, good friend of mine. And uh, I got a lot of admiration for Pitt. I have to say it. One of my favorite words to describe programs oh, no. or describe people is Grit. And I think Pittsburgh, maybe not as much this year as previous years, is one of the grittier cities in the United States. And it is one of the grittier programs around. So um, that is a hat tip to you guys and to Pittsburgh.
1: And we- I, I disagree a little bit that we're not gritty this year because I think gritty is defined by uh, enduring something that sucks. Like, like what job comes to mind when you say like, oh, that's, that, that guy's gritty. He has a gritty job construction yeah sucks sucks and and you're gritty because you do it and you do it without complaining and it sucks gritty fan base
2: gritty fan base this year
1: yeah yeah so um while we are complaining like a lot like a lot a lot um i'd still say it's pretty gritty that we're enduring this uh pit offensive product
4: I would say the same. Now we did have to introduce the grit swear jar for Billy Ray in our Hot Wings and Hotter take, uh, Takes episode earlier this year. So uh, Billy, drop a couple dollars in there, yep. uh, guys. Uh, I'm Pat. Great to uh, great to be on with you here. Uh, when we saw the Loyal Sons and Sons of Saturday, uh, we are not exclusive. Two daughters as well. We have had. Uh, our fair share of Hokie daughters on the podcast over the past few years. But uh, I'm based in Charlotte, North Carolina. Both uh, my folks went to Virginia Tech. Uh, I graduated in 2017 and uh, also have season tickets up there with BRM. So uh, fired up. And with that, let's jump into the Hokie Haiku and Pittsburgh Panther poetry. We got a submission from Pete McGee. Fourth most important Team in city of Pittsburgh can't fill stadium. Wow. Throwing some jabs. All right. This next one, I'm gonna let you guys take this one. Squid, if you want to read this next one, are you looking at the doc right now?
1: No. Okay.
4: Dylan I or, or Dave, do you guys want to take it?
2: I got it. Um <laughs> Virginia Tech is maybe the only team worse than Pitt is right now.
4: That's Nate Shurman. Sounds like a, a loyal Sons listener. And then uh, this last one, I actually wrote this one about an hour ago. ACC B-Ball, schedules coming out tonight. It is almost time. I think we could all get behind that hokey haiku. Got to check it out at 7 p.m. on the ACC Network. They're doing the schedule release for both men's and women's. Tune in. We'll see what the schedule re- release looks like this year. As I know, with football, it is always a four and a half hour production, and it only needs to be about ten minutes.
0: Now, really quickly, Pat, before all the keyboard warriors are are going to get upset that we have mailed it in on football, that is absolutely not true. We'll be at every single home game. We are going to Tallahassee. We are going to Charlottesville. Um, but we would be lying if we didn't say that it was rather exciting to see some basketball practice being had yesterday. So I did just want to I did just want to address that for everybody. Who's going to have some snarky comments about uh about that. Um, it's time to dive into some history. I want to say this when Virginia Tech was was kind of crafting their, you know, who are the ideal people that we should play every single year? Um, obviously the first couple that come to your mind are the Miami's of the world or the UVAs of the world. Um, and Pittsburgh was on that list for me. They were on there with North Carolina. I think we've had really, really fun, intriguing matchups every single time we've played. They've had stakes, for the most part, for somebody. Um, and it's just been a fun matchup every, every single year. Uh, it has been interesting, though. It seems like there is sprinkled in just an absolute take you to the back of the shed and beat you, beat you to death. Um, typically to be fair, that comes from the run game of Pittsburgh. Um, so Pat, why don't you, uh, go ahead and hit on some of the high notes for Virginia tech and we can talk about, uh, the other side of the coin as well.
4: Yeah, we'll go back and forth here a little bit with some hokey history and some Pitt Panther pastimes. So this is the first matchup where tech and Pittsburgh are playing each other in this new ACC format without the coastal However, it does not get more old school Big East than Virginia Tech and Pitt. Uh, And, you know, obviously, we've played each other 22 times in the past, going back to 1993. And when Tech took the hiatus from the Big East, you know, there was about a decade of no Virginia Tech and no Pitt football. But we are de facto rivals, and Pitt is one of the three uh, built-in games every single year. We love this matchup. I will say, ever since you guys changed your uniform scheme to the, you know, more more of the mustard, gold, yellow, whatever you want to call it, and the lighter shade of blue, as you guys can see uh, on Squid's shirt, it looks like. It just you guys look a lot better, and you've been playing a lot better football as well. So we can appreciate that as a school that needs a rebrand ourselves, considering our pants and our uniforms look more of a magenta shade. Than maroon. So we need to figure that one out with Nike. But How dare they? Wow. Awful. Yeah. Awful. Well, you know, if the team's not winning, everyone complains about everything else, which, you know, is natural. So uh I am going to, you know, rabble on about the magenta pants. 11 and 11 dating back to 1993. This is the, this is the 23rd game. So this is the uh rubber match here. Uh, Virginia Tech is seven and three against Pittsburgh at home. Those three losses to Pitt were 2002, 2015, and 2021. Pittsburgh has won the last three games. Uh, Tech has not won since the 2019 28-0 shutout in the rain, which would but which was uh, Bud Foster's last
0: game in Lane Stadium. There has to be this has to be said I did the inconvenient truths um, on the last podcast and here is a very inconvenient truth that was like the last meaningful football game that Virginia Tech has played in after the month of September was that football game Um, Pat you remember I wasn't sitting in section five yet Pat didn't leave the stadium Pat was sitting in the stadium soaking in the rain everybody's covered pruny. And it was just an awesome performance. But you know, since then, in 2019, Tech was seven and three. They win that game. They have a chance to clinch the Coastal the next week. They did not. Um, another inconvenient truth is that stop labeling that 2019 loss versus Virginia as a bad loss. That was a really good Virginia team. Um, but the last time Tech would enter November with a winning record, except for the Mickey Mouse 2020 season where they were four and two, and then proceeded to lose to Liberty and the next three games after that. Um, so this is, you know, that is the last time in my estimation that Virginia Tech has played meaningful football before the, uh, you know, after the leaves have fallen off of the tree.
3: You know who did leave the game early that day? <laughs> Dylan and I, about halfway through the third quarter. It, I think the reason Virginia Tech won that game was because we were there. There was a stretch. It was probably like six games straight where our friend group went on a road trip to a pit game. And pit loss. Like we had not seen a pit road victory in like four years. Uh, eventually we got off the schneid there. We did win some road games since, but that was one of the more brutal trips because we were eager to see Blacksburg, eager to see what we thought was a pretty good pit team play. And it rained and rained and rained and we punted and we punted and we punted. It was it was bad.
2: Yeah, and we made it out of the stadium and me and Squid are like trying to call a lift, and I think we hit like literally the last we just hit the cutoff for when they were no longer allowing ride shares into the parking lot so they could set set people up to leave. So we missed that. And when we finally decided we had to walk like a, a mile to civilization, uh, we just heard over the loudspeaker outside. Number 12 has been ejected for targeting. And that was that that echoes in my brain forever. Now when I think of seeing games in Blacksburg. Well,
0: I, I have a story about that game Is I was at Sharky's <laughs> after the game um, and that whole game, I was like, "Yo, Paris Ford is a, is an absolute stud. I mean, this guy is 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 hitting guys. He's just he's, he was all over the field that day." And my buddy Matt Rivera actually went as so far to say that Paris Ford is going to be a first round draft pick. I bet him on that that day. I won a hundred dollars. That was a dumb thing to say. He's an under. Where was he drafted? Uh, he was not drafted at all. Um, but and that's, and Billy, I gotta say, that's not the
4: first time you've made a, uh, a bet with your buddy about someone getting drafted and then not living up to the hype. Remember Sean Wade, you thought was going to be a first rounder.
0: That is true. I did think that. Um, and then, so I'm at Sharky's and I was in the middle of saying the sentence. I said, man, Paris Ford is, and somebody who turned out to be his mother or, or aunt or somebody says, Paris Ford is what Paris Ford is what? And I said, Paris Ford is a stud. And that's exactly what I was going to say. And she says, You're right. You're right. I was like, okay, we'll still one twenty-seven and nothing. So, but um, yeah, that's my uh, that's my Paris Ford story.
1: We have a lot of Paris Ford stories, but we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna save you the next 30 minutes and uh, and keep on cruising right through. Very, very uh, uh checkered legacy at the University of Pittsburgh.
0: Good ball player, good ball player. Certainly. Yeah, that that was an
1: exciting game. Uh,
4: Bud Foster's last game, Norell Pollard had the scoop and score touchdown. Uh, We only allowed three first downs the entire game, or I think three third down conversions it was, uh, looking at the old box score. And then prior to the game, I think it was a defensive back or a wide receiver from Pittsburgh was trying to tear up the Virginia Tech uh, Hokies logo in the end zone. I remember that going out on Twitter from David Cunningham um let's see what else do we got here 2017 the goal line stand reggie floyd had the rundown and after you know four plays and the games over 20 to 14 virginia tech wins the team rushes onto the field and billy ray mitchell is seen as the cheetah in khakis sprinting to the other sideline pure elation 2016 I was at this game Thursday night. Uh, it was my senior year. And after looking at these numbers that Virginia Tech put up, uh, it really just did not seem like it was real. A 39-36 to victory. We had 556 total yards. Gerard Evans was 24-40 with 406, touch, or 406 yards. Bucky, Isaiah, and Cam Phillips all had over 100 yards receiving. Joey Sly set a record for points by a kicker in a game with six field goals and three extra points. Uh, this just doesn't seem real, to be honest with you, and I kind of want to re-watch this game considering the offensive juggernaut we were that night. This was the past assault, salt Pat Narduzzi game. Yeah, because you kept pushing off. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that.
2: I think this was the prime example, if you ask Pitt fans back when everyone was on in the camp of Narduzzi's defense will not work in the ACC. Uh, This was the number one game they would point to because I think there were probably a dozen different times at that game where we, me and Squid probably turned to each other and said, all right, we just need to stop on this third down and this is ours. And then Bucky or uh, Bucky, Isaiah, Cam, take your pick. They would catch a back shoulder over Dane Jackson, Bonte Ma- like pretty good corners guys who play in the NFL now. But uh, yeah, that was, that was brutal.
4: And then uh, I'll talk about two more and then turn it over to you guys for your fun. You can take some jabs here. 2013. Uh, this really, what I remember from this game, I, I believe Tom Savage was the quarterback at Pittsburgh, but this was the Kaishan Jarrett. Massive hit on, uh it was a Devin Streeter down Devin the sideline, Steater. just completely yeah. obliterated him in a 19-9 to win in Lane Stadium. And then 2000, Michael Vick sprains his ankle in Lane Stadium. We're undefeated at this point. Um, I think it's late October, early November. And we narrowly escape behind. Lee Suggs has, you know, like 160 yards and th- uh, three touchdowns. Dave Meyer has some has a clutch drive at the end of the game, and Carter Worley kicks a field goal to win 37-34. Um, if, if Michael Vick does not sprain his ankle against Pittsburgh in 2000, Virginia Tech probably goes to the national championship again. And uh, who knows where we would be right now. And then uh, there were three games in a row, 2001, 2002, and 2003, where Pittsburgh just dominated Virginia Tech. Uh, and really spoiled us, not didn't spoil us, but actually played spoiler in early November uh, to end our run in the Big East. So the transition from Virginia Tech being in the Big East to the ACC, Pittsburgh really was a stain on our program with three straight wins. Uh, but Pitt guys, let's hear, let's hear it from your side.
1: It's not much of a secret that I have a home field apparel problem. Even before we started this show, I couldn't even step foot on a new college campus without making sure there was something from that school's Home Field collection waiting on my porch when I got home. So we are, understandably, over the moon to partner with Home Field this season to keep Pitt fans comfy, cozy, and stylish at a fraction of the price by using promo code LOYALSUNS for 15% off your next order. This discount applies site-wide, and with unique vintage collections for every school from Pitt to Bama, Jackson State to Colgate, Michigan, Marshall, Marquette, and both Miamis, there's something for every fan. So whether you're buying for a Pitt fan or for a loser freak, use promo code LOYALSONS at homefieldapparel.com to save big on your next order. Each code applies once per email address, so get those work emails and burners ready. That's homefieldapparel.com.
3: Yeah, do we each want to take one? I think David probably wants to start with that game you're referencing there in 03.
1: Ah, uh, yes. So, for starters, I feel like we should disclose to our audience that um, you guys are actually our bosses. <laughs> um, so, we have been threatened under penalty of losing uh, advertising revenue to not, like run up the score on you uh, too bad. So please keep that in mind. Um, No, the one I want to talk about, very personal to me, 2003. It was the first college or NFL game I ever attended. I was was but an eight-year-old boy, uh, and I went with my dad and my older brother. That was the game where number 25 Pitt beat number 5 Virginia Tech with a last-minute touchdown from uh, recurring guest Lusaka Polite. Uh, great pitman man, uh, great football man, great man, man. Um, I think that was the last time uh, that game was the last time Virginia Tech was, you know, really relevant on the grand stage of college football. So, uh, yeah, I was just again for reference. I was eight and now I'm 28. I don't and know it's...
0: about that. I they <laughs> relevant in the grand scheme of college football. I mean, we're not now, but I mean.
1: Sorry okay, I, need to give us I got the react I got the reaction I wanted I got okay, the reaction right. I wanted um, <laughs> <laughs> no um, but that was that was a great one um, really one of the best pit wins of the last 20 years and one of my earliest memories of being like, wow, this football thing is really cool. I'm going to let it dictate my happiness for the rest of my life. And then we have a bit
2: of a lull here so we go we're gonna jump from 2003 to 2018 Uh, i know there's some other wins there but these i think this is more of our when we really came into our own as uh pitt's gonna dominate every saturday we spend in the fall for the rest of our lives um the 2018 game back at heinz field uh there i was actually reading was able to pull up an article I read after that game, like a week after this was like one of the most dominating performances by one power five team over another, like in the last decade. Uh, so Quadri Olson and Darren Hall combined for 421 yards on the ground. Um, Quadri Olison made a permanent Caleb Farley shaped indent into Heinz field when he stiff armed him into the turf on his 97 yard touchdown run and Pitt averaged 13.9 yards per play on offense that game, which was the most in the FBA in the FBS in a 13 year span.
0: Pat, you were at that game, weren't you? (laughs) That was horrendous. (laughs)
4: 2018 was just like, if you look at 2018, you're just like, how, how was our defense this bad? Like our defense was horrendous in 2018. And you look at the stat line from this game, Ryan Willis had a, pretty solid stat line 22 of 34 231 yards and three touchdowns and he ran for another 65 yards you're like what went wrong eric kuma two touchdown catches and then you realize oh my gosh our rushing defense in 2018 was absolutely abhorrent and you know 2018 and 2022 essentially you had you had uh allison then you have a band of Canada. i'm sure you guys are going to talk about that um (laughs) This was one of the only... I think this was the first time I ever left a game early, actually. Um, like, left before halftime, freezing cold, <laughs> and we ju- we had a massive group, and we just sent it to Tequila Cowboy and just spent, like, the next few hours there. It had an awesome time, but uh, just a historic evening. Um, pretty awful.
3: Small world. We were probably at Tequila Cowboy, too, shortly after the game. So, might have brushed older might have thrown some jabs after a a big (laughs) win, because that was a big game for Pitt. It was early in the year or middle of the year, uh, big for the coastal race. Mm -hmm. And we'll go on to the next one. Another big rushing game. For some reason, Pitt can run the ball down Virginia Tech's throat at will lately. And last year, pretty one-dimensional team. Keaton Slovis wasn't looking like the sharpest quarterback in the power five. Uh, and it was a kind of a sloppy game early on. Pitt was down against the Virginia Tech team that we thought we were a lot better than, and then we just kept giving the ball to Izzy, and he kept picking up ten yards and scoring touchdowns anytime he got the ball.
0: A couple of things on on both of those games. I'll start with uh, I'll start with twenty twenty one. That was the most, understandably so, but it was the most toxic and dejected i have seen our fan base at a football game um that was the first game that we heard uh fire fuente in the stands uh i mean screaming obscenities extremely upset you knew the end was 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 right there and um no i mean yeah you just came in and you kicked our ass and you did it again in 2022. i have a quick
4: comment about 2021.
0: yeah 2021 was the first year that we sell
4: us or have started selling alcohol in lane stadium. So that was kind of like the game where it was like, this game is so over, but I am with all my friends and there's a bar right (laughs) on the other side of the section five portal. And we just kind of kept going back and forth and, you know, hung out, and drank our Fighting Hokies lager, which now, guys, we'll talk about, but you can buy PBR in Lane Stadium, fun fact. Um, That that was kind of like, hey, you know, we can still have fun even though we're getting crushed.
0: And then 2022 is misremembered, I think, um, because if you look at the final score, it's 29-45, to and basically Barry Sanders, Tony Dorsett, Um, you know, Ricky Williams and Mark Ingram all had a kid and, uh, it was Israel of that day, but people forget like that entire game was pretty close. Um, the third quarter was a disaster, but you know, in typical tech fashion, these last two years, you know, I'm looking at the scoring summary, you know, with at the beginning of the fourth quarter, Virginia tech blocks, a punt ends up being a touchdown. And Tech's down 29 to 31 at the end, uh, at the beginning of that fourth quarter. Um, and again, that was a not good Virginia Tech football team, but um, it's kind of misremembered. I think it was actually one of the, I don't want to say it was one of the better games that we played, um, but it's misremembered as being a blowout when it, in my opinion, was not. It was just an unbelievable performance by Israel Abanacanda. Um,
3: yeah, I agree with that. We were yeah. sitting in our usual season ticket section, and there's a notorious, row of older gentlemen in the two rows behind us that just complain about everything. Mm-hmm. And there were a few of them the whole game. It's like, why are you running the ball so much? They're, It's stupid. It's like third and six. We're trying to run the ball like nonstop complaining about running the ball. And then fast forward two hours. We have 320 rushing yards and six on the ground. It was a hilarious <laughs> turn of events because I don't think they were really wrong, but it just Really, really blew up. No, not, I mean not, it's,
0: it's a it's a very odd box score. I mean, you look at you know, the thing that jumps off the the, the screen. Obviously, is Israel Abanikanda thirty six carries, three hundred and twenty yards, eight point nine rush uh, yards per rush, and six touchdowns. But you look at some of the other stuff that's really interesting. Grant Wells threw the ball forty seven times, and he had two hundred and seventy seven yards. Uh, he had a seventy point two QBR. Keaton Slovis literally didn't have to do anything, um, but he did throw 15 for 28 for 170. He had an interception. Shocked, um, man! It was that uh, is such a Keaton Slovis stat line. <laughs> and then Caleb Smith in that game had nine catches for 152 yards. I'd, I actually am curious when we've had a receiver put up those type of numbers previous to that uh, previous to that performance, but. Um, that was a yet another game. One of my favorite statistics, you know, you're getting killed in the rushing game when you have safeties leading your team in tackles. And what do you, what do you know? Chamari Connor and the Sear peoples led the team in tackles. That means that they were making tackles 10 yards beyond the line of scrimmage. So that is the recap on Pittsburgh versus Virginia tech. Yes. It's a fun rivalry. I am fired up that you guys are on our schedule, um, every single year. Um, I don't know how fired up I'm going to be after Saturday. Um, but I gather that you guys kind of have that same that same thought line. And I know, Pat, you're going to hit the storylines. We also got a comment here from YouTube. Uh, where is it? And it is uh, from Brock Hale to Pitt. It's a mid-off this week. It is indeed. What is going on, guys? Like, coming into the season, Phil Jerkovic, I'm like, yo, guys are probably going to do pretty well. Solid quarterback before the season. I'm thinking, you know, he's probably an NFL prospect, probably has a chance to get drafted. Pat Narduzzi does a great job developing folks. And, you know, I I, I can somewhat understand why we are where we are. But why are you guys where you are?
3: Phil (laughs) Dracovic.
1: Squid, I'd counter that. I would say that last week proved that this is a Frank Signetti problem. I, I mean if, if you want if you want a really deep explanation of it, we have a head coach who doesn't think that you need to score points to win a football game, actually prefers that you do not. Um if you can win time of possession, you win the football game. So he went keeps going out and finding the oldest um most retro play callers that he can um and he happened upon a guy who was okay at boston college known football powerhouse in frank signetti and frank signetti um has basically poisoned the offensive half of this program uh you know a year after uh he, he was hired the year after we had the greatest offensive football team in the history of the program kenny pickett throwing for 42 touchdowns you know we had 40 something points a game and they decided we're going to run the ball and then we're going to run the ball but then after that we're going to run the ball and if it's third and long we're going to have these long developing four vert routes maybe a screen so uh it hasn't worked it worked a little bit last year because we had izzy abanakanda who's more god than man um but this year we only have rodney hammond who's very good not a guy who's going to run for three 80 yard touchdowns in a game, but very good. And uh, a quarterback who is not very good. And then uh, Frank Signetti just kind of seems to be poisoning the well, because our backups are apparently very bad too. And they got a chance on last Saturday because Phil was very bad. I bet you're noticing a theme
0: here. (laughs) Two bad football teams. Nope, not tucked away on um, whatever that CW, the CW network. It's prime time, baby, and uh, you know both of these teams are desperate, desperate for a win. Uh, so Pat, let's dive into one of these, uh, some of these storylines here. The first one's my favorite, and I actually want to know if this is true.
4: What's the deal on the rumblings of of Pat Narduzzi? Is he going to accept a job at Michigan State, his former
3: home? Uh, is this just a rumor?
4: Is it swirling? Or is there, uh, is there fire to the smoke?
3: I do not believe that there is any smoke. It is very funny that whenever a lot of the fans are starting to turn on Dardews, after a bad start, that this is happening. So maybe people are more open to this rumor. But he turned on Michigan State before. Uh Back whenever there was an opening, was it four or so years ago? They came with a pretty hefty offer and he said no I'm, I'm cool here i hate east lansing he didn't actually say that but i am assuming he, he, he thought that and he had a good thing going here now things aren't looking as great but i i think we're fine some pit fans might not like that but i think we're fine can i say something
0: about pat Narduzzi? um look here we go i've made fun of pat Narduzzi before i've done it he makes it easy sometimes he does um, through some of his actions, but for this is more of a message to Virginia Tech. People get confused. It's basically any sport. When you strongly dislike somebody, you think they suck. Pat Narduzzi does not suck. He is very much I call it the Marcus Smart conundrum. If he's your guy, you love him. You love him because he he seems to eat, sleep, and poo Pittsburgh. And he's brash, he's aggressive, he's very much himself. He has his own personality. And I think um, that's very much kind of the relationship I have with Pat Narduzzi. I think he's a really, really good ball coach. I think he has a really, really good culture at Pittsburgh. He's recruited above what Pittsburgh, if we're being all honest, probably recruiting above what Pittsburgh either should be recruiting at or has recruited at in the past, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So I wouldn't call myself a Pat Narduzzi fan, but I am absolutely an admirer of what he has done at Pittsburgh.
3: Yeah, I don't think Narduzzi has many fans outside of East Lansing in Pittsburgh. I think he's pretty widely hated outside of that, probably for the reason you just said.
4: Good old Pat. Uh, Billy Ray, you mentioned that this game is not tucked away on the regional sports network, but rather it is in prime time at 8 p.m. on the ACC network. And you're like, wait a second, why? You have a a 1-3 in team and you have a 1-3 in team, and the crew has already been to Blacksburg. And ESPN's coming for Syracuse Thursday night in a few weeks. You're like, wait, what's going on here? Oh, well, if you actually look at the ACC schedule, Florida State's on a bye. Miami is on a bye. North Carolina is also on a bye. Wake Forest is on a bye. You got Louisville and NC State, which probably would have been the game that's on Friday night. You got Duke and Notre Dame in the primetime spot on ABC. You got Clemson and Syracuse on ABC at noon. And then that leaves Virginia at BC and Bowling Green at Georgia Tech. So naturally, so there, was
0: no, there was
4: no option. <laughs> naturally, <laughs> naturally you know
1: we were the last girl at the bar at 2 a.m. Yeah.
4: <laughs> you can say what you want about Virginia Tech, but Virginia Tech will put will put a football game in a great position to be on prime time because this game sold out like three weeks ago. So obviously you're gonna get good ratings and you're gonna get a nice enter salmon and some solid production. Um, again so that being said, let's talk about these teams. Let's talk about the football game. Pittsburgh comes in at one and three. You beat Wofford week one, common, common win from us. We also beat Wofford last year. So, you know, might have to trade some notes. Uh, lost to Cincinnati week two.
1: <laughs> uh, be larger, be faster, have funding. Is that what you guys got from it last year?
4: Yes, that's okay. that's what happened. That's what happened. Um, lost to Cincy week two lost to West Virginia in the Backyard Brawl in Morgantown, and then most recently lost to Carolina in Akershire Stadium last weekend. Virginia Tech for the Loyal Suns following. We are 1-3 as well. We defeated a lesser opponent in Week 1 in Old Dominion at home and then have lost the last three. Purdue at home, Rutgers on the road, and most recently Marshall on the road as well. So, something's got to give billy right i know i know you're teeing up some cues
0: yeah no i I have a question um i know that you guys hate penn state i know that you guys hate west virginia and i don't want to you know everybody kind of imagines themselves as like you know you're you're the hero in your own movie but who do you guys hate in the acc like who do you guys dislike? And that's not really more of a reflection on like you guys not having like a rival. It's just in the ACC in general, like, who do you love to hate the most? Because I don't know if there's somebody. I think it's us. Do you guys hate us the most? Is it us?
1: We're unrivaled.
0: Okay. Cute. But, <laughs> but who, who do you like? If you had to power rank your top three teams that you hate in the ACC, who are they?
2: Oh, uh, this could go a lot of different directions. Yeah. but can I can I give it a shot, Squid and David? Um, go for it. Give me UNC. I hate them. Miami, Virginia Tech, and Miami. that could go in. That could go in any order. Um, the Miami hate hey, kind of comes from we've had this weird rivalry with them where it's like we beat them when we're not supposed to, they beat us when they're not supposed to. Every time we play them, it's oh they have dudes. Uh, UNC beat us the first six times we played them in the ACC. Larry Fedora had Narduzzi's number, and
0: I'll tell you whose number he did not have, and that was Justin Fuente back in the day.
1: Yeah, Yeah. and (laughs) a lot of good that's doing them now.
3: (laughs) Both of them, I guess. (laughs) So,
0: so it's us, Miami, and Carolina. Okay, that makes sense.
3: I would say we hated Virginia Tech a little bit more, maybe five, six years ago. I Mm -hmm. think we kind of disliked the teams that were overrated by the media. So now you see every year Miami top 25. Mm -hmm. Uh, Virginia Tech was kind of hanging around that range a little bit too long, I think. People kept putting them in the top 25 and they'd have an average season. So we're like, they're not that good. We're better than them. Uh, So I don't think you're Mm -hmm. there anymore. It's kind of like, we're almost in the same boat, so I don't hate you as much.
1: We hate the teams that constantly get given the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when we open the first AP preseason poll in July or August, whatever, and, and we see, regardless of the results last year, Virginia Tech and Miami in there that that gets us fired up we're we're big um, rankings guys in terms yeah. of the fact that we just get pissed off at them.
0: you never get the benefit of the doubt ever I, I will say that and I do think that that's BS um, but you guys do never get the benefit of the doubt
4: Yeah, we, we have we not been in no those ones.
0: rankings for a while I'm just yeah saying. yeah <laughs> just- <laughs> I was gonna say so you that, guys have played your way well. out of that
1: yeah damn all right more storylines Wait, do you uh, do you hate us back?
0: Yeah. yeah I don't I really? don't hate you. I don't hate you the way that I hate UNC. I hate UNC because they're soft. Like I just I hate UNC because they're soft and they're always overranked. And I, lo- I love I love I love showing that they're soft. I do love beating Pittsburgh. I do. Um, but at that same standpoint, Pat, I don't know if you feel this way. I'm never fired up to play Pitt. I was fired up to play you guys in 2019. But every other year, I'm just like, damn, dude, we got to we gotta play Pitt. Because you know playing Pitt is essentially, in my mind, playing Pitt is like playing a Big Ten team. You're going to have a massive offensive oh. line. You're going to have a great running back. And you guys are going to have a solid defense. That's basically – Now Pitt.
3: I hate Virginia Tech. <laughs> See, you meant that in a nice way, but that is about as low as you could blow us. The Loyal Suns <laughs> oh. hate the Big Ten really Squid well phrasing oh.
0: start to like it because if you stick around in the ACC for much longer <laughs> you're probably going to be in a bad spot. Oh
3: yeah, we'd be a 10-1 team in the Big 10 every year.
0: What wow. wow. Maybe the maybe yeah. the Big 10 West.
3: Yeah, no quarterbacks in that conference.
0: I'm gonna to have to look at Pitt's record versus the Big Ten while while Pat goes down the, the storylines. Pat, uh, go ahead there's a couple
3: the bowl storylines. losses with backup quarterbacks. We'll, we'll give you those.
0: All right. All right. Yeah. I think uh so
4: going up there in 2016, I had some awful Pitt fans sitting behind me. Um <laughs> we were we were standing up during the game and it was like it wasn't like, Hey, can you please sit down? It was like, let me scream at this kid, you know, please sit down. Like it was yeah. awful.
3: Yeah, they're the um, worst
4: it was kind of weird. And I was like, dude, I, I actually, I have like a love hate relationship with the fan base because the, the pit fans are, you know, they're gritty college football fans, right? We, we mm-hmm. have this, we have this big East thing that we have in common. Um, and you guys actually care. Um, but you know, the whole, ever since you moved out of Oakland to, um, to Heinz field actor, I know things have been different too. Um, okay.
0: Anywho, real quick, Pat, just, just real quick. Cause, cause facts matter. Um, Facts are important. Pitt's overall record versus the Big Ten since 1972 is 11 and 20, with a winning percentage of 355. Um, You are 2 and 0 against Illinois, which is nice. Uh, 1 and 3 versus Iowa. 0 and 3 versus Michigan State. 2 and 0 versus Minnesota. uh, 1 and 6 versus Ohio State, and 2 and 6 versus Penn State. Um, So. Doesn't really stack up. Not sure if you'd win 10 games in the Big Ten, but, hey, neither would we. We wouldn't win 10 games in the Big Ten either. So, Give it three
3: or four years, however long it takes for the ACC to fold and circle back. (laughs)
4: That's right. That's right. (laughs) So, Matt Goncalves. I think I said that right. Uh, Goncalves. Yeah, Goncalves.
1: But credit to you. That was pretty good.
4: Yeah, you know, preseason first team All-ACC went down last week, starting left tackle for Pittsburgh out. Is that a huge blow?
1: Yeah,
2: he uh, I mean, this is a, an already kind of beaten up O line hasn't looked great this year and we just lost our top guy. So yeah, that's
4: it's not a great look. Yeah, I have known that Pittsburgh's quarterbacks have been under duress the entirety of the year and obviously is good for our defensive line, which needs to put pressure on a quarterback, but Let's talk about quarterback for a sec. Phil Dracovic. No,
1: no, no, no. no. We're, we're good. <laughs> Phil,
4: was he booed at home? Did that happen?
3: Quite a bit. He's been booed multiple times at home.
4: Yeah. Okay. And so on the road
3: had- in West Virginia, everyone booed him.
4: We'll lead in with that. I know Phil Dracovic has known to talk a little bit. I remember when he uh, went to play at Notre Dame last year, there was – some stuff on social media that he posted that was kind of strange and he's a local guy from Pittsburgh. So, you know, you kind of have that hometown hero feel, but then he gets on the field and kind of seems like anything, but this is not Phil Dracovic's first game against Virginia tech. He has been a college student for a long time. This will actually be his sixth game against the Hokies as a member of three different teams. And in games that he has actually played, he is one and two as a starter. You talk about 2020, he went 28 of 51, threw for 345, two touchdowns and two interceptions uh, in a loss um, when he was at BC. 2021, arguably a top five worst game in the Fuente era. Phil Dracovic only went seven of 13 for 112 yards and in an interception. Um, not much was going for any hokey game. Any hokey fan who was at that game in 2021 at Boston College, I, I just feel for you. And then last year in Lane Stadium, 15 of 28 for 135, a touchdown and a pick. We sacked him like six or seven times. And this year, you know, kind of more of the same, right above 50% at 46 of 90 for 583 yards, four scores and three picks. And we know he got hurt in the Carolina game early after getting off to a great start, it seemed. Uh, I didn't watch the game, but just, you know, checking out the numbers – Is he confirmed out this week? Is that still up in the air? I know it was concussion protocol from getting uh, hit on a targeting call.
2: Pat Narduzzi will not hint one way or another. Um, The closest hint we got was that Nate Yarnell, our third-string quarterback, will be more prepared to play this week. Direct quote from Coach Pat. So I don't think we'll know until kickoff. (laughs) I mean, that quote alone kind of made me feel like they're, they're prepping him to come in if Bayer is not ready to go. But quite frankly, I, I have as good ideas idea as you guys do right now.
0: And we can share our hand a little bit at the quarterback position. So our third string quarterback, Pop Watson, um, who a lot of people before the season, I gave Chris Rieger a lot of grief. A lot of media members have been national media members have been asking, why are you guys not playing Pop Watson? To me, it's because he's 176 pounds, um, but has a live arm, really athletic. He was suspended last week. He is now back with the team, um, so he's in the fold. What he do? You do? Uh, we can we can let the people guess, but um, from you know we'll leave we'll leave it at that. But he's back after a week. He's after he's back after a week. Um, handled what he need to handle. Pat put it out. Probably had to do some sprints, um, but he's uh, he's back with the team. Um, and then Grant Wells, who was our starter early on in the year, I think personally, number one, if he was healthy, you probably still go with Kyron Drones because of what he adds to the to the run game. Um, I also think he's more banged up than people think. Um, that's just kind of been the the talk of town is that he's been he's been pretty banged up. So quarterback situation is is interesting because Kyron Drones is such a great runner uh great is you know he's a good runner he adds running to the uh to the fold for virginia tech but if he gets hurt not really sure what virginia tech does if he does go down so that's kind of the quarterback situation at virginia tech
2: so we should try to knock him out of the game
0: (laughs) i suppose i suppose suppose, suppose so um we're gonna jump into some lines here some were submitted pat see if you can get any from grant watson because i know there are some in here Yeah, I'll pull them up from the bottom. But uh, these are the lines. And what do you guys call this segment?
1: The Loyal Suns Sportsbook.
0: Loyal Suns Sportsbook. Brought to you
1: by the original Big Shot Bobs and Avalon and Kennedy.
0: Big Shot Bobs. Big shout out to Big Shot Bobs. So the first one, and we'll just go round robin here. uh, More interceptions or passing touchdowns. And again, this isn't even grief. I just, I just truly believe that there'll be more interceptions than there are passing touchdowns. I think tech is, I hope is going to commit to the run game after what we saw after one quarter, um, Virginia tech on paper, on paper has the second best passing defense in America. Now, now Pat's, Pat's laughing. Um, we do have very talented defensive backs. I think that that number is that way because teams just run the ball at will against us and they don't need to pass the ball. Um, So fortunately for us, you guys can't, well, I guess it's not even fortunately for us. You guys are going to run the ball and we know you're going to run the ball. And, you know, I'm not too confident we can stop you from doing so. So anybody, anybody have anything else? Anybody think there'll be more passing touchdowns? I think we'll be, you know, all aligned on that.
1: Picks. Uh, Just because of the way Pitt has been all season and also the fact that, uh, our backups might be starting this one.
3: The only way it goes under is if we just don't pass the ball, which is a serious option.
0: Well, let's hope that's not the option that you guys choose. Um, (laughs) Pittsburgh over under 199.5 rushing yards. I I mean, I'm going over. Yeah, this is probably going to hit. It sounds like your
4: guys' running back room is pretty talented. I know you don't have Izzy back there, but um, historically Pitt has a good running back. And have you guys ran for over 200 yards this season?
2: Absolutely not. Talented, but underutilized is is how I would put this. Um, And the offense has looked absolutely putrid in all facets, but I'm going to say over just because I know Narduzzi has been looking at the box scores from the, and the film from the previous Virginia tech games and has had some strong words with Frank Signetti that we are going to run the ball 50 times on Saturday. I don't care how it's going. So
4: then we got Grant Watson submitted some over unders Virginia tech, first quarter points, six and a half. You know, uh, if history serves here, uh, Virginia Tech. Other than the Marshall game, we only have scored in the first quarter one time, and it was against Old Dominion, and it was a safety. Uh, if Virginia Tech gets the ball first and you know has a nice little spark, is feeding off that uh, that first quarter Lane Stadium energy, we'll see. But uh, Grant, I'm probably taking the under here. Um, yeah, I think Billy would agree with you. I'm a Pittsburgh rushing yards total. 174 and a half. i think the foot over talk louder. over oh okay yeah <laughs> yeah i think the pit fans on the pod will say under i think the Hokie fans on the pod will say over
0: virginia tech sacks two and a half i'll go over on that i think this is going to be a, a serious defensive just Disgu- I think this is going to be a disgusting game. I hope that I hope that the sickos committee is uh, has this on their watch list because they absolutely should. Um, I can see both teams getting after the quarterback just with, you know, how bad our offensive line has been thus far. They've been okay in pass protection, but um, yeah, I, I can see that. I, I can see that going over.
1: Billy, you know how uh, you have a jar you put a dollar in every time you say the word gritty? Yes. Uh, we have the same thing, but it's the phrase rock fight. Yes. And Pat Narduzzi loves his rock fights. And this is going to be a rock fight.
4: Yes. Absolutely. I would much have I would much rather have a Pat Narduzzi rock fight than a Justin Fuente three and a half hour stomach ache.
0: Yeah, that's true. It's gonna be both. Um and then rounding us out here, pit total points twenty three and a half. I'm gonna go with a a a a very smidge over, and you'll hear that in my score prediction. But I, I'll I'll say over. I'm saying under. Okay.
4: Yeah. I'm just, I'm just looking at the loyal sons and I'm just like, these guys, these guys are going to say under, and I'm going to agree with them.
0: Uh, The lines for the game are Pittsburgh minus two and a half. And the over under is a barn burner, 39 and a half. I mean, I I feel like every single week we read the over unders for Virginia tech or we're previewing Iowa. Um, That's just kind of, it's kind of where we are right now. So great company. Um. I guess we can, I'm going to give you a little elevator pitch on what our offense is. And then you guys can ask us questions here. Here's the thing with our offense. Our offense is not very good. Um, We, I think have the ability to run the football. Kyron drones has added that ability to, for us to get creative and run the football. Basial Tutin is a very talented running back who just does not have a lot to work with. Uh, When he has the ball in space, he's able to make plays as far as the offensive line is concerned, not good. Uh, Virginia Tech is one of the worst rushing teams in the country. We're one of the worst third down teams in the country. Um, we are one of the worst scoring touchdowns in the red zone teams in the country. Um, so that's that's pretty much the offense. As far as the wide receiver room is concerned, Ali Jennings going down has been a huge, huge issue for us. Um Players for you to look out for would be the Gosnell brothers. They've been pretty productive, good at catching the ball in space and, and falling down. They're kind of like, you know, catch, get out of bounds, catch, get tackled, guys. Uh, Daquan Felton has kind of stepped into that one, one and a half role. Young player, really, really big. When you see him on TV, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, this guy's massive. Um, just a little young. And then Jalen Lane is kind of, I don't want to call him a game breaker, but he's he's fast, He's sure handed and he's probably the most um probably the most reliable wide receiver we have without Ollie Jennings in um with his injury. So that's kind of uh, that's kind of the preview of our offense. Do you guys have any any questions yeah, on no, that? I'll fill in some gaps too. Jalen Lane has been battling a hamstring
4: injury that he suffered in the Purdue game. Um him and Ollie Jennings got hurt within a quarter of each other. And these were, you know, two of two of our biggest offensive gets in the portal over the offseason. Um, So he will probably, I don't know if he's full go right now. He he did play last week, but I think he had one or two catches was, you know, not necessarily an impact player. Daquan Wright is a big body tight end. Where's number eight. Um, every single time the ball is in his hands, he does register a first down. It seems like, I know he had a pretty good game last year at Pittsburgh. And then just to, Just to offer a little bit more about Basial Tootin, our running back, uh, super effective in the passing game. Uh, We got him four or five balls last week, you know, had like 45 or 50 yards receiving and just really did not get enough touches. Um, You know, probably had eight yards per touch, 10 yards per carry, uh, was using him really well in the first half and only gave him, you know, four or five carries in the second half. Um, So this is an offense that has been depleted by injuries. Uh, at this point in the season, at at quarterback, at wide receiver, and on the offensive line as well, uh, a, a ton of issues on the offensive line um, where we just have guys standing like this, blocking nobody. It seems when you when you run the tape back. So um, so yeah, ha- have fun. What uh, yeah, what kind of questions do you guys have? Um, or you know, what have you guys seen from us on offense so far?
0: Is Grant Wells starting? i would I would venture to guess no. I would be I, I would say Kyron Jones is is going to be the starter.
3: So it seems like you said a lot of bad things. What would have to happen, Virginia Tech for Virginia Tech to come out with a win?
0: Virginia Tech, in my opinion, is just take the script from what you did in the first quarter against Marshall and do that for more than, you know, five minutes. I think, I think tech did a really good job coming out and establish the establishing the run. And we probably surprised ourselves a little bit that we established the run. Um, the story of the season so far has been Virginia Tech falls behind by multiple scores, and the offense is just incapable of uh of climbing over that hill. So, um, you know, for me, uh, I'll get the into this in the keys of the game, but you know, the defense has to hold it together early on in the game. We can't be playing catch up with our offense. Um, one of the things that I do want to mention. I know this doesn't really fall under offense. If I had to give like an MVP for the season this far, it's our punter. Peter Moore has had an awesome season thus far. Um, He's obviously been asked to punt a lot. Uh, He does help change the game. A lot of punts pinned inside the 10, inside the five. That's been a a solid unit for us. Um, But, I mean, yeah, there's not a lot of awesome things to say. Um, not a lot of the hot, uh, awesome things to say about the offense thus far.
3: It's a little bit better.
0: Sure. So tell us about your offense.
3: I think we talked enough about how Phil Drakovic, our quarterback room, doesn't look very good. Everyone was calling for Phil to be benched, and he finally put together like a pretty solid first half. I think a big part of that was us figuring out a little bit of a balance between running and passing and keeping the defense off guard because the weeks prior it's like they're gonna run they're gonna run and it's gonna be third and long and we can blitz some they'll make a terrible pass very predictable but we were a little bit unpredictable against unc we scored a little bit in the first half and the backup quarterback christian vayer who everyone was calling for came in and threw two interceptions and looked very uncomfortable just trying to make a play sure so quarterback play not good we talked about matt gonzalez being out the offensive line was supposed to be a strength this year, but there've been guys that are hurt. We have freshmen starting. It's all kind of jumbling around. So that's kind of a wild card. We don't know what the wide receivers are like because they don't get the ball. All we do know is Gavin Bartholomew is one of the top tight ends in the country and is severely underutilized because we can't get him the ball enough.
2: Yeah. Gavin Bartholomew is currently averaging 24 yards per reception. Problem is he only has nine. Receptions on the air. And if I had to guess, I don't have the pro football focus numbers in front of me. That's probably on like 12 targets.
0: Flipping the page over to the defense. Uh, I'll give you the elevator pitch on Virginia tech's defense. Um, we have a very talented linebacker core. We have a very old defensive core. I mean, Norrell Pollard who had the scoop and score against you guys in 2019 is still on the team. Uh, he is still here. Mario Kendricks, who escorted him to the end zone is also still on this team. Um, but we have just not been able to, I mean, there's no other way to say this other than we're just not gap sound. Um, we have a transfer defensive end from Florida, Antoine Powell, Ryland, extremely talented. Uh, we just have a problem setting the edge and keeping contained. Uh, that has been better against Marshall and um, against Rutgers for the exception of the backbreaking 56 or 58 yard touchdown. Um, but teams have basically came every single week. We've played one dimensional quarterbacks who are run first and they have ran the ball on us as much as they've wanted to every single game. Um, the, as far as impact players go for the defense, Kelly Lawson, one of the most freakish athletic people that you'll probably see all year. Um, again, I think he's still learning the position. Uh, he has basically been being productive off of instinct and talent. Um, he was a wide receiver when he got to Virginia tech and he got moved to linebacker. Um, so he's still kind of learning the position, but that linebacking core and that defensive line, we've been waiting for them to show up at the level that we expected. Um, last year, the defense was one of the bright spots of that season. Um, and that that's pretty much it. I mean, we, we've just had a really, we've basically every single game had one quarter or a half where the defense will tighten up. And at the end of the Marshall game, that was the second half did a great job. I think the last four drives from Marshall, when we were trying to come back in the game, we ended in, uh, we had them either turn the ball over or go three and out. Um, but we haven't put together a complete game yet. We also haven't been tested through the air at all. Um, do have talented defensive backs but nobody's ever had to really open up the playbook and throw it on us because they just run it on us at will. So I really don't know what our pass defense is other than I can say that we're the second best in the country according to a statistic. So that's our defense. Questions.
2: So if we don't have a quarterback who can run the ball, do you think we can just hand it to our tailbacks who can they can get the job done? Probably. Yes. Okay. So we'll we'll try to transfer that info to Signetti because for some reason our our stud tailback still hasn't had more than fifteen touches in a game. Um
0: yeah. if you're listening, this is a fun game. I mean, this is a fun I, I haven't been on a podcast before where both teams were kind of like, Wait, you suck too? We suck. So it's been, been kind of interesting. <laughs> this um, one's gettable. Yeah, this one's gettable. So um it's gonna be interesting. I think I think um yeah. It's kind of like that scene in the office where everybody's holding up the fake guns and you're kind of like, how's this, how's this going to play out? <laughs> um, so, uh, that's very much what this, uh, what this looks like, um, impact players. I didn't mention a monster. Delane was a freshman all American again, hasn't really been tested through the air because teams haven't had to run haven't had to do that. Our safeties are great at making tackles. Um, they are asked to make tackles far too often. Um, but, uh, you know, strong and Strowman. You'll remember uh, Greg Strowman, his younger brother is a safety for us now. Um, and he's an absolute stud. Um, so, you know, the superstars, quote unquote, of our defense thus far, in my opinion, have been our
3: safeties because we are asking them to do so much.
0: Yeah. If you know that,
3: <laughs> uh, we had a safety with 18 tackles against West Virginia. Great. He's a great tackler, but yeah. why is he in position to do that so much? Like we yeah. talked about earlier. So maybe this is a game where the four safeties combined for like 55 tackles.
4: Mm-hmm. Should have
2: been on our uh, over-unders.
3: <laughs> I like that. If you
4: guys are watching on YouTube, you'll see in my description, it says Keyshawn Burgo's legacy game. Uh, that is one of our defense events. And... You know, if I know anything about Pittsburgh from the last hour and two minutes we've been chatting, is that you guys cannot uh, hold off your uh, hold off DTs or defensive ends from getting to the quarterback. Can this be the game where Virginia Tech gives Pittsburgh's quarterback hell in the pocket or out of the pocket? Whether it's Keyshawn Burgos, whether it's Powell Ryland, as Billy Ray mentioned as well, Cole Nelson, or you see Mario Kendricks and Narel Pollard, Valdarius Payne, who had a great game against Marshall. Josh Fuga clogging the middle and uh, getting through uh, to the quarterback as well. But yeah, um, squid, you guys talked about uh, the safeties at Pittsburgh. Would love to hear a little bit more about the guys up front and the guys in the middle as well. Uh, What's going on with the Panthers on D.
3: I think the reason we think a few of these games on our schedule are gettable is we think our defense is pretty good. I'm going to, chalk up the unc game was a wash because we had no offensive attack to support the defense we gave up 41 points whatever but i think our defense can keep us in games i think they can steal a few games for us so i'm confident that we'll be able to stop the run and apparently Mm -hmm. vt doesn't have much of a passing attack so if we can keep it on the run the pattern is special we stop the run we win the game that gives me some hope
4: Special teams. Wait, wait, wait. I got, I got some notes. I got some notes and quotes, Bill. Hang on. So Pittsburgh, uh, giving up 28.3 points per game, which is 79th nationally, 18.7 first downs per game, which is forty sixth nationally. Now, I know you guys said this earlier. If you control the time of possession, you win the football game, according to Pat Narduzzi. Uh, the opposition of Pittsburgh – is averaging 33 minutes and one second with the ball, so that would explain the record. That's good for 117th nationally. And then, uh, you guys have only picked off one pass all year, have recovered two fumbles. Uh, I know that the turnover, I think it's it's minus four overall on the year. Donovan McMillan. Oh, I know that name. I'm familiar with him. We, we really wanted him a few summers ago. He chose the Gators and uh, he actually leads the team in tackles. Now at Pittsburgh came in through the portal and um pretty bummed that we missed out on uh, D Mac. I know he's a Pennsylvania guy. Uh, Javon McIntyre, another safety 28 total or 22 total tackles. And then Solomon DeShields, 21 total tackles. Um, so De Shields and Shane Simon, it sounds like, are the guys in the middle, and then um, the big boys are Samuel. You guys got o- some fun names. O- Lola. Yeah, o- Lola. so,
2: so uh, let me give you a rundown on that front seven real quick. So DeShields and uh, Brandon George and Shane Simon, they're, they're the ones leading in tackles. The guy who's gotten all the hype for the last two preseason camps, Bengali Kamara, he's our guy, and he's the one that we're waiting to, like, have that game where it's like, Oh, this is why we've heard so much hype about him. Um, He's the one that everyone points to on the defense. It's like that guy should play in the NFL in a year. Um, But we haven't really seen that play out on Saturdays. And then on the D D line, Andy's hurt. Just throwing that out there. Also, he he has been, he was in a boot last week, but recurring theme. Yeah. Recurring theme. Uh, And then if you look at the D line, we've got a ton of experience up there. We've got three, six year seniors rotating at D tackle, um, we've got a fifth year senior on the end, Nate Temple. Dayon Hayes was a big recruit, fourth year guy. So a lot of experience there, or should I say a lot of years in college. Uh Temple and Hayes really getting on the field more because they were behind a bunch of guys who have now moved on to professional football. Um, but kind of missing those playmakers on the D line that Pitts had in years past, the Kalaja Kansy's, Jalen Twyman's. Uh, so we're not getting that same type of production from the D line. I also think it's partly because they're playing catch up in a lot of these games. Um, and it makes it a little tougher to pin your ears back, but, um, there's the defense we think is pretty good, but there's still a lot that we want to see to feel a little better, but I don't know how much better we could feel right now with this record.
4: What's up with this guy, Deandre Jules? Cause just, you know, looking at, looking at YouTube, I feel like he's, he's definitely had his fair share of press conferences. Um, is he an impact guy or is he just, you know, someone they're putting in front of the cameras?
2: Uh, Jules is a guy. He's another one of those guys who's just been sitting behind these players who can now play college football for six years because of COVID. Um, and he really has has never really been able to break out as a consistent rotation guy. Well, this year in camp, they said he came in. He looked great shape, you know, standard camp talk, uh, best shape of his life, but has actually – been able to break into the rotation a bit. Um, he's huge. He's scary. Um, How how much of an impact will he make? Well, that'll that remains to be seen. Um, but he's kind of just part of that rotation of experienced, older interior D linemen that have kind of left a little bit to be desired.
4: So we'll roll into special teams. Unless you guys have any other comments on on the D.
3: Let's move on. <laughs> we have a good secondary, but we'll leave it at that. <laughs> special teams. We'll,
4: we'll, uh, we'll talk about Pittsburgh first, just because it was a call it volatile weekend for special teams for Pitt last weekend. Um, you guys surrendered a punt return touchdown to Carolina, and then you scored a kick return touchdown, Kenny Johnson. And then, I know there was a, a blocked punt as well. Um, you know, what what has the outlook on Pitts special teams been this year so far?
2: Uh well, Kenny Johnson, he housed the kickoff last week. He's a true freshman from New York PA. Um, probably the freshman with the most hype coming out of camp. And he only has two catches on the offensive side of the ball, but pretty much showed off his his athleticism on that kick return. He's a guy that Everyone within the program is really excited about and honestly wouldn't be surprised if you guys see a little bit more of that, um, you know, on the offensive side of the ball moving forward. Uh, The punt block, uh, Raheem Biles, he's a freshman as well. Raheem Biles, he has two block punts right now tied for first in the country. And uh, in the kicking game, we've got Ben Sols, who, if you remember the Sun Bowl last year, went five for five, hit the game winner against UCLA, um, has had mixed Mixed results this year so far, Um, but I mean, he's a reliable older kicker. Uh, And then that that punt return last week, that was that broke our back. That uh, that pretty much was when I think we all looked around like, okay, we won't be winning this one. Um, Andre Powell, he's the special teams coach and the running backs coach. I think there's some mixed thoughts on how good he is at either of those. Uh, from time to time, depending on how those groups are performing. But um, it's it's a long call from last year when we were trying three different punters uh, throughout the span of a game late last season. Now we just have one punter that we use
1: all the time, which is good. He's a Nepo walk-on, and he hits bombs. <laughs> Caleb Junko, baby.
0: Uh, keys to the game. I'm going to stand up for this one. I'm going to stand up. (laughs) I'm putting my my desk into sports mode. Look, I just want to try something different. I want to try something different. I have seen the same movie for three losses in a row. It's just a request, okay? Coach Foster went into Ohio State in 2014. Nobody thought we were going to win the game. And what did he do? He came in with a bare front and he had five down and said, you're not going to run the ball. Our corners and our safeties and our secondary are going to go guy on guy at Ohio state. And we are going to stop the run game. It's not happening. Ezekiel Elliott it's not happening today. There's no Ezekiel Elliott on Pittsburgh's football team. As far as I know. So, For the last three games, we've given up 179 yards, 256 yards, and 214 yards. On paper, we have the second-best pass defense in the country. I want you to take Jenkins. I want you to take Strong. Or I want you to take Stroman. And I want you to put him in the box. I want you to load the box and say, hey, Pittsburgh, you're not going to run the ball today. We're going to make Philly J have to throw the ball through the air. And if he throws for 900 yards, that's fine. At least we lost in a different fashion or maybe 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 we'll win the game because we will try something different this is not a key to the game it is a request please try to stop the run
1: was that the shy mckenzie game you're referring to
0: it is the shy mckenzie game i'm referring to a recruiting win over the state of pennsylvania getting him (laughs) down to uh getting him down to black'sburg and then what happened I mean, this he could have You know, it worth it. It was, it was worth it for as long as he was on the team. Um, but-
1: Give that one a Google if you don't know what we're talking about. But uh, <laughs> we'll we'll move on from there.
0: Don't step on my lead, bro. Stop the run. Stop the run today. <laughs> There's so many people hitting the Google machine right now. Um, Pat, what is your key to this football game?
4: Uh, we saw the success last week, and then we went away from it. But get the ball to Bacial Tooten get the ball to Bachel Tutan and also let Kyron Jones move left and move right outside of the pocket. But let's get Bachel Tootin going again in the passing game and let's give him more than nine carries, 20 touches for Tootin, TTT. Uh, I also got some keys here. You need to feed off the energy of this home crowd. We need body language to improve because it hasn't been good when we watch on TV and it hasn't been good when we're sitting there in our seats and looking across the field. Need to see some leadership emerge from this football program. Who is going to bring our team up from a three-game losing streak? Um, and then getting to the quarterback. That's that's really it. Getting to the quarterback and no busted running plays is uh, your key to the game from the Virginia Tech side. That's what the sons of Saturday say, but what do the loyal sons have to say? David, you're first.
1: All right, so the uh, Pitt Panther key to the game leave Frank Signetti Jr. in Allegheny County. <laughs> Dylan, your turn.
2: Give your good players the football. Rodney Hammond, very good running back. Give him a lot of touches. Gavin Bartholomew, very good tight end. Quite possibly the best player on our football team. Give him a lot of targets. I haven't seen a whole lot of it, so this might go with David's point. In point one of leaving Frank Signetti behind or get in his ear and tell him that he needs to get his playmakers the ball.
3: Dylan kind of stole my key of the game. I was going to specifically say give those to the ball, so I'll expand on that a little bit. Be unpredictable. When we played West Virginia, everybody in the stands knew what play was coming. And after the first drive, West Virginia started putting eight in the box and blitzing up the gut. We couldn't do anything. Same thing against UNC. We had a good first drive, mixing up a little bit, but it's a theme. After the first couple drives, defenses figure us out. All it takes is like one sit down to the sideline with the team huddle, make a quick adjustment, and boom, you got us figured out. So it'll be a little bit unpredictable. I like what we did last week with Phil with a lot of play action, quick passes against Cincinnati. For some reason, we thought we were Oklahoma State with Mason Rudolph and James Washington and tried to throw it deep all the time. Clearly, it doesn't work. So keep. Virginia Tech's defense on their toes a little bit. I know we're not going to have a good passing attack, but at least try to have that threat.
4: Score predictions. Guys, uh, we've learned a lot about Pittsburgh. You guys have learned a lot about Virginia Tech. It does feel like we are looking in a mirror right now. Now, that is not to say that there are a lot of young guys on both of these ball clubs that are getting very valuable game experience. It sounds like you guys have a true freshman who's doing a lot of great things. We have uh, guys on our defense getting some some good uh, good opportunities out there as well. That being said, I'll kick it off on our side here. I had Virginia Tech losing to Pittsburgh twenty to seventeen, uh, and then the more I learned about Pittsburgh, and the more that I found out that you guys are actually very similar to Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech is playing this football game at home, and. Uh, I, I I am going to pick Virginia Tech because you guys are are playing a quarterback that likely you know is not going to have a very good time. You just lost your left tackle, who's probably one of the best players on your team. So I'm actually flipping the script, and uh, I have Hokies twenty to seventeen. Billy Ray. Oh.
0: <sighs> I mean, I fully anticipated coming into this podcast, um, picking us to lose as well. Uh, I mean, you look at the rest of the schedule, Florida state's on a bye week right now. We play Florida state next week. I, I, I I just really don't want to go through another week of losing with another week of losing, staring us at the in the face next week. And I know I have no impact on the game with my score prediction at all. 0%. Um, I'm going to follow Pat. I was originally predicting us to lose the game 16 to 24. I'm going to go with tech winning this game and not feel very good about it, but I'm going to go with tech winning the game 24 to 20, the overhits tech covers and Twitter is less of a absolute cesspool, horrible place to be um, for at least a, a week. So I'll go 24 to 20 Virginia tech.
2: I can kick it off on our side. If you think I'm going to come on here and look Billy and Pat in the face and pick Virginia Tech over Pitt, you're (laughs) dead wrong. Um, I think it's going to be an ugly one. Both teams sound like they're having their struggles, and it's like we said, someone needs to win, and both teams need a win. Um, I'm going to go 20-14 to Pitt. Under hits, it's an ugly one. We might even get some surprise showers down in Blacksburg. Wouldn't surprise me.
1: Let me start off with a question. Uh, what is the deal with the whiteout? Pat, this oh, is so, perfect. Go, Pat. So, so we
0: were
4: actually, you know, Pat's Pat's ran of the week is actually coming at an earlier scheduled time now uh, because of David's question. But we do do this thing called the whiteout. Um, it used to be for Hermer's readers, uh, Frank Beamer's mother. Uh, to benefit literacy, children's literacy in the New River Valley and Southwest Virginia. Uh, Since then, it has been rebranded more so to the military appreciation game. Uh, However, you can very much, and I say this not just for me, not just for Billy Ray, but for the entirety of the Virginia Tech fan base, you can appreciate the military without having to wear white at home. And we've been doing this Forever, it seems like. I I think the first whiteout game was maybe like 2005 or 2006. It's it's probably a 20-plus year tradition at this point. And it's, hey, let's sell some T-shirts. And you go and you look at the T-shirts, and they are not T-shirts that anyone is buying. They're even selling hats. There are so many better ways that we can honor the military and appreciate the military than wearing white at home, on primetime television. The last time we did the white effect or the white out or whatever you want to call it was in 2019. The last time it was in primetime, 2019 on a Friday night, ACC network crew was in town and we lost to Duke 45 to 10. Um, the white effect is awful. So I, I could, I could talk, I could continue to talk for the next 10 minutes about this, David and team. Um, we are not Penn State. I don't know why we do the white effect half the time. We don't even wear all white jerseys during the white effect. I don't even like
0: our white helmets that much. That's it. Hot take on the on the helmets, but I, I couldn't I couldn't agree with you more on the white out. And and I think I think I think the problem with it is, and I understand Penn State wears blue, but so many people wear maroon on game day, and it's just if you don't have full participation, it just looks poor. It, it does not look good. I'm going to wear white. I'm assuming Pat will wear white because, you know, we, we, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll do what you ask us to do. Take a stand, Pat. Um, yeah. Pat's, Pat's. <laughs> we're neon. Yeah. Can we just do I'll like a white. camouflage out instead? I would actually be more for that. And I'm sure a lot of people in Southwest Virginia would be down with a camouflage out for the military appreciation. I think that would actually be kind of cool. You're welcome to yeah. the free game, uh, athletic department um but yeah no it's bad it looks bad it's uh, we don't play well when we do it um and uh yeah so that's it on the white effect well the last time
1: this many people wore all white in virginia that got ugly too pit 28 virginia (laughs) tech 17. (laughs)
0: David is not pulling any punches today. Uh,
3: squid, go ahead. Uh, yeah, David, that... you're fired.
0: <laughs>
3: I went down swinging, Billy.
0: <laughs>
3: I can't top that. It's going to be a weird, ugly game. So I'm going with a weird score. Pitt wins 19-16. 19 to 16. I don't know how we get there. Maybe a bunch of field goals. Maybe a safety. Block punts. Who knows.
4: If that doesn't say rock fight, I mean, nineteen sixteen equals rock fight. You look up rock fight in the dictionary, nineteen to sixteen. Mm-hmm. All right, um,
0: we'll open this up for everybody. Um, so if you're if you're watching live, feel free to shoot questions or shoot um, game day suggestions. But uh, this is for all of the Pittsburgh people that are making the trip to Virginia Tech. Um, just things that you have to do. Pat, do you want to do you want to kick that off? I'm more than happy to. All right. Let me
4: delete the note on the white effect rant. So, uh, you know, you guys have, ex- I know, okay, so Squid and Dylan, you guys have been, David, you have not. Is that correct? Mm-hmm.
1: That is correct.
4: Okay. Well, first of all, welcome. Hope you have a fantastic time. You are going to meet some very kind people. Every fan base does have a holes. Uh, hopefully, you don't meet any of them on Saturday. I think uh, as a collective, we do have a, very kind and welcoming fan base, even though, you know, Pittsburgh, this is a long time uh, rivalry dating back to 93. Uh, let's see. Plenty of places to check out downtown. Um, you know, you got all day long to hang out, tailgate, check out the sights and scenes. Um, but I want to kick things off with Doing a little campus tour, you know, maybe maybe myself and Billy Ray will give you the classic walking backwards. This is where I lived freshman year. This is where I studied my business classes. Blah blah blah. Uh, we have a very pretty campus. Um, check out the pylons. Check out uh, the Virginia Tech uh, 416 Memorial. Check out Burris. Obviously, the the way that the Virginia Tech athletic. Uh, facilities are set up is very complementary to the campus. It's right next to where the students live, so you know you get all your freshmen um, living right next to the uh, the basketball arena and living right next to Lane Stadium. I want to talk about downtown a little bit? Uh, you can go to the cellar, get an awesome bite to eat. Check out Sharkies. I definitely recommend going to top of the stairs and trying a rail. You do have all day long, so just pace yourself if you try a rail. But a Tots rail is definitely on what many would say uh, the Blacksburg bucket list. Um, go to Benny's. Try a slice at Benny's. If you don't get to Benny's in town, you can actually consume Benny's in Lane Stadium. This is new for 2023, uh, but Benny's, you know, it's a pizza of pizza that's like this big um they're actually branding all up and down the east coast now um and they're founded in virginia tech i think they have like 30 locations now um the virginia slice is what it's known as we have
3: a benny's in pittsburgh i'm pretty sure I think it's yes, the same one mm-hmm.
4: there you go that's uh that's some acc loving we're
1: showing you guys
4: how they about the
3: it biggest pizza box i've ever seen yeah. is
1: that the one danish tried to eat the whole pizza yes and then he threw up the challenge everywhere? yeah okay yeah, it's really hard to eat a whole one of those, I'm told. Hard. It's it's near impossible.
4: Uh, let's see. What else do we got? Um, there's no Big Al's. Can't send you to Big Al's. If you go to River Mill, River Mill is right around the corner from top of the st- stairs. You could try what we like to call a river bomb. It's an Irish car bomb. Souvlaki. If you guys like you know, Mediterranean or Greek Euros, Souvlaki is like, essentially this whole hole in the wall place that's been in Blacksburg forever. And they have unbelievable euros at suvlaki. Definitely re- running, uh, recommend running in there and trying a suvlaki euro.
0: Bill, you want to take tailgating? Yeah. tailgating's fantastic. fantastic. Um, you can just beep bop around all of campus and all around the uh, football stadium. For those who have never been there again, the athletic facility is nestled right on the edge of campus. Um, plenty of great people, plenty of great opportunities. Again, I would highly encourage you all to um, check out campus, check out town. It's all very walkable. Once you park, you don't need to do anything else. You can walk everywhere that you want to go. So, I mean, that's kind of the lay of the land there. Um, That's pretty much it. I mean, it's a great place to watch a football game. We do have an awesome entrance. Try to get into the stadium early. Uh, Pat and I, we're maybe a little bit on the early side. We get in about an hour early. Um, but you know, definitely 30 minutes before kickoff, you want to be in the stadium. You don't want to be caught up and, and miss any of the pregame festivities. So that's absolutely something that you want to do.
4: Yeah, I will say too, um, Dylan and squid, did you guys go to center street or did you guys like check that out? Check out the scene over there prior to the 2019 game?
2: We were at Center Street, right? It's Squid. It was with like all the. There's a bunch of apartments over there, and there's like uh, a
3: sea of people. A sea of people. Yeah. It's like yeah. you walk yeah. through the woods to get to the stadium from there. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, there was. So it was raining all day. So we actually played a eleven on eleven, not football game, a single play of football, only with a natty light can. Eleven on eleven, Pitt fans versus Virginia Tech fans, and it was pretty electric. Not gonna lie. Who was Pit fans. We I think we got a pick six.
3: Yeah, we intercepted the beer that was thrown.
0: Yeah, well, twenty nineteen, you guys were going over there as adults playing against our uh playing against our student bodies. And maybe we need Damn right. get, maybe <laughs> we need to get adult on adult.
3: Bunch we'll of six year seniors.
0: We'll we'll schedule that um in a couple of years. And Pat, new partner alert, new partner alert. I
4: was gonna say R and R wellness. This is gonna be our probably our Sunday activity. We're going to this new place uh in it's, it's pretty new in Blacksburg. It's called Renew and Restore Wellness. Uh, it's the perfect place to go after a night out. You have a big time night out in Blacksburg, spinning, nausea, headache, hangover, Ugh. some cryotherapy. You need the energy back in the system. We're actually going to head there on Sunday. We're going to get some good content. We're going to check out RR Wellness uh, down south, Maine. So, um, pretty fired up for that. This will be our first time. So, Easter egg to all the listeners stay tuned because we're excited to uh to get down there absolutely letters from the lunch pail pat oh I think I think Pete uh Pete McGee we already answered this about the Virginia Tech versus Pitt rivalry I think Mm -hmm. um he says where does the Virginia Tech versus Pitt rivalry stack up in each fan base's most important rivalries I think you got, you got tradition and you got history between these two schools. And you got fan bases that respect each other. Kind of a love-hate thing. Um, I, I Yeah, we're not excited about the pit game, but we're excited about the pit game. And I think a lot of folks would agree with that. Here's one for the Loyal Suns. If Pat Narduzzi did bail, who would Pitt fans want as a replacement? This comes from Steve Bryce.
2: I think you're getting to us like a week or two too early before we can actually dive into who could potentially replace (laughs) Pat Narduzzi. I I feel like David would have a thought on this though. Wait, was it Pat Narduzzi
3: or the offensive coordinator? Well,
0: hold on. This, this is so funny because I know what our fan base would say. If we were asked this question, it would be higher. Mike Vick. It would be higher. Um, you know, somebody like that. So I'm curious, would you guys want to hire, like, Larry Fitzgerald or Tony Dorsett? Um, would that be who you guys would, would want
3: to hire? Yeah, why not? Sure. Lose. No, uh
1: first of all, to reiterate, Narduzzi's not going to Michigan State. They are not going to try to hire Pat Narduzzi. That I don't think you can watch Pitt this year and be like, that's the guy. The one who... Tanked a program on the rise to prove a point about possession. They aren't gonna do that. Although it is the Big Ten, and that is anyway. Um it would be Joe Moorhead if he wasn't doing like kind of a bad job at Akron. And it's like impossible to do a good job at Akron, but he also did like kind of a bad job at Mississippi State. So he he's a Pittsburgh guy. Um it was thought for a while that. It'd be sweet if he found his way home. Um, I I don't think that's going to happen anymore. Uh so I don't really know what I think Signetti's gonna get fired, and it'd be sweet if they uh hired Shanahan. Um where where's Shanahan Dylan?
2: Mike James Shanahan, at James Madison.
1: Yeah, so former pit receiver. Uh, who's kind of killing it at James Madison as an offensive coordinator. And his quarterbacks coach is one of the most maligned uh, pit quarterbacks of the last 20 years until Phil Jerkovic. So it's kind of like a red pill, blue pill, take them both at once situation. But uh, that is what I want to see. Pat's not going anywhere. Frank Signetti is. Give me Mike Shanahan.
0: I'll say this, and it's going to make a lot of our fans angry, um, but it's it's reality. Um, JMU if you just looked at a one-year sample size is the best team in Virginia uh if you would have had all of the Virginia teams play each other round Robin I'd have a very hard time thinking that JMU I mean what, what he what their coaching staff has done what that University has done um investing in football um they have a tremendous tremendous program so I think uh you know you guys could do far worse than uh taking somebody from uh from JMU but look at this. We're spending five minutes talking about replacing a coach who is likely not to leave. I will be using that sound by David, though, if he does take the Michigan State job. Um, last question from Joe Rogers. What candidates would you propose for someone coming in to fix the offense, whether it's a Jerry Kill type or a new OC or a co-offensive coordinator? Um, yeah. Uh,
2: you can steal the Mike Shanahan pick.
0: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> That's the one thing I, I, my answer to this question is I think the biggest problem that we have right now is just a lack of experience on the playing field and with the microphone being on the head. And I would love for somebody like a Jerry Quill to come in and whether his role is sitting in on meetings, uh, proposing play calling or honestly taking over play calling, um, if, if that's something that they wanted to do, I personally am not big on replacing a coordinator completely in the middle of your season. I, I don't know of many times that that has worked out well. Um, so I would love to see Tech get somebody to come in and, and advise um, in, in any way whatsoever. I'm literally, I've done zero prep on this question. I, I'm just going to throw something out there and I want to see Pat just live react to it. I don't even know if he has another job that he would be willing to walk away from. I mean, would you be willing to bring in like brace yourself? Would you be willing to bring in Brian Steinspring to advise and help recruit? I mean, to help
4: recruit. Yeah. But I don't think Steiny is going to fix the offense. Would Stiney would Stine be able to put a better product together than what we are doing now? I I think so. I mean, when we had Steinspring, it was mobile quarterbacks and running the football. And that's what we have right now. If you want to build around a quarterback, you build around Pop and Kyron Drones for the next few years. So that's where, okay, maybe we can use a guy like Steinspring. I think yeah. more so on the uh, the recruiting side, though, than the actual scheme. But, yeah, I mean, this is a good question from Joe because uh, history lesson for the Pittsburgh folks. In 2019, when we you know delivered the beatdown, And, you know, the last positive momentum that our program had in a long time, about halfway through the season, we hired Jerry Kill as like, you know, kind of like a consultant and he helped fix our offense. And we had Hendon Hooker and we had some great weapons and it was sunshine and rainbows for a little bit. And then a few years ago, we hired John Tenuta and he did pretty much the same thing, um, you know, more so on the defensive side of the ball. No Jerry Kill. He's he's crushing it out in New Mexico.
3: And didn't Jer- he actually I... kill a guy?
4: <laughs> no, that was Brick. Brick oh, killed
0: a guy. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Fun fact uh after that beatdown against Pitt, our friend's uncle was at the bar and happened to be sitting next to Jerry Kill and they shot the shit, had wow. a few beers for a while. He he told him all the dark secrets about the coaches that he liked and hated. Some Jerry Kills.
4: Yeah. Dude. He 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 fixed and turned him and Hendon Hooker. They turned around our 2019 campaign. You
0: Is know, he killing know, it at his new job? Didn't
4: they lose to like Holy Cross? I I saw that they. I think they made they either made the Sun Bowl or he was wearing you know um, something cultural to New Mexico. Um, you know one of those. Yeah, I don't know what what it's called.
1: Very cool looking though. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> But um I looked it up. Jerry killed. Uh, that was not him at Maryland. That did. The oh, thing. that was
4: uh, Yeah, no, that was the uh, the
0: other guy. Um Durkin? yes, Durkin, Durkin. Uh, who coincidentally the, his nephew was my roommate in college.
1: Oh, DJ Chris. Ray.
0: Yeah, Chris. Chris Durkin. Chris so Durkin. I don't Durkin think he went. killed somebody. I don't want to put
1: that. I don't want to put that. It was involuntary.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't think that he murdered somebody um but you know just, just do you want to put that I do you want to put that bow on it
4: so typically you know if you are a business and you're looking to solve a problem you know you might be a government a government agency and you need to bring in some outside help you call up Deloitte and you say hey listen I need a lead consultant that's what we need to do for this offense I don't know if Deloitte has any for us but uh we do need to to bring someone in to hopefully fix the offense. But that's the last question we had from the letters from the lunch pail. Any other ones from YouTube, or are we uh,
0: we, we closing this thing out? I think we're closing it out. I think I think closing thoughts like look, um there, I, I don't know if there are two teams in America that need a, a win more than our two teams. Um, I don't I don't know what the situation report is on your social media um, or fan relations. It is hellish on our end. Um, and I guess this is, you know, a really interesting game to have on prime time. Uh, if you just, if you can put a post-it note on your screen over the records and just watch the game, and I think it's going to be a competitive game with a lot of fun storylines, um, with a really fun, uh, environment. So, you know, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Any closing thoughts from you guys?
2: Please win, please win a game. It's been so long since we felt a win.
1: Please win.
0: I'll double on that. I mean, please. please, win. Yeah. No, please.
1: no, 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 no. Hey, our thing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man, I think we'll get together. We got. What did you? What did you run and get? Please win, mug. Wow, wait, that's awesome. We might need. We might need to boot like that. Yeah um well that does it loyal sons from pittsburgh sons of saturday from virginia tech kickoff is on acc network get your bets in if you want um and uh we got a football game coming up and uh yeah we'll get together we'll get together with you guys on saturday we'll get a nice picture it'll be none of them are coming to the game there will be no picture
4: oh you guys aren't coming
2: Pat, all chances of us making the drive down to Blacksburg died when we walked out of Milan Puskar Stadium losing 17-6 in the backyard brawl. And any sliver was gone when I heard that Jerkovic threw another interception while I was walking in the parking lot to the hotel.
4: Well, it's, it sounds like you guys are just ignoring any opportunity of leaving Lane Stadium with a win, so I guess Billy
0: Ray and I are going to go get it instead. <laughs> I will say uh, for anybody, you know, there's been some cursing going on in this podcast. If, for anybody that is uh, trying to avoid another one, I will say I will preemptuate this conversation with it. But D- David, give me as PG-13, please, <laughs> of a uh, description on. So you've been thrown up on twice in the West Virginia backyard bra- brawl. Coming back, <laughs> is that true? <laughs> no. So
1: here's here's what happened. Uh, 20, 20 last year. What was last year? Last year was 2022. 20, PG-13. Uh, 20, <laughs> fuck. Uh, no! <laughs> now you're really fired. <laughs> wait, I, you you get one in PG-13 movies. I, I definitely misunderstood.
0: Those. Oh, <laughs> no. Okay. All right. Anyway. So you used your one.
1: <laughs> I got thrown up on. Um, had to buy a new polo in the stadium, like dried throw up down my shorts and my legs. Oh my that God. was 2022. And Pitt won that game. Uh-huh. In 2023, uh, 20 minutes before the game, uh, my my fiance and I ran to the bathroom. And uh, while we were gone, this, the most blacked out college student in the history of college students, which is saying something. Right. Um, fountained vomit into the air and down directly where we were standing and just covered the place like like painted a couple of our buddies but i wasn't there so it didn't get me and while i was in line for the bathroom another college kid comes sprinting up trash can right next to me explodes into into the can splatter everywhere misses me by millimeters pit loses
0: so, so so what are you gonna be throwing yourself in front of people throwing up the next time that you put West Virginia? Like are you gonna I will be throwing
3: up on David on Saturday?
1: <laughs> Everybody is taking turns puking on me oh next God. year at Acre Shore for the backyard brawl.
0: Oh that does it for our friends <laughs> from Pittsburgh, guys. Enjoy the football, go hokies, go sports go friendship enjoy the games enjoy Stay the games, dry. and we will talk to you guys soon guys that was <laughs> that was